Hi, everyone. It's time for Ghostly X, a new show for our ghostly listeners, coming out on the opposite weeks of our regularly scheduled ghostly episodes. I'm Rebecca. And I am Pat. (laughs) (laughs) It feels weird in that order. I'm sorry. I'm getting used to it. (laughs) So uh, this is Ghostly X. Ghostly X is a Patreon-only um, service that we're providing, episodes that we're providing. And in Ghostly X, you're going to hear interviews. You're going to hear feedback from previous polls. You're going to hear um, some spooky paranormal news. Yes. News-ish. New- news, in, news in the news. Yeah. Paranormal um, news. It's it's not always news per se. It's interesting articles that we found there or you something go. like that. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe much more coming up, but this is your last free Patreon episode. So after this, you have to subscribe in order to hear Ghostly X. I'm sorry to do this, but we want to start breaking even on Ghostly, you know, <laughs> want to start. I mean, I'm not looking to make a million. No, but we want, we want to give more content, yeah. but the only way that we could really make that work was to make it something that uh, just helps us out. Yeah, and, and is different. It is different. Ghostly. Different than ghostly, but still the same fun, the same yeah. spookiness. Maybe not the, as spooky, but spooky. Sometimes it, sometimes could, it could be even more spooky. You I never say. know what kind of yeah. news or comments or interviews. It's gonna be. Uh, it's gonna be interesting. Yeah. So, um, now, do we want to give a hint? As to who our next interview is going to be? I'm not just going to give a hint. I'm just going to say it. It's Bob. It's Bob. Yeah, and we're going to ask Bob all about everything. And when we do in interviews on here, there are no holds barred. <laughs> so Bob that really to... likes that phrase, everybody. Yeah, I do, because it was a movie. <laughs> it was a wrestling movie uh, with Hulk Hogan in it. Okay. Um, but yeah, um, so We're going to ask Bob about his dolls, and we're going to ask him about uh, his life before Bob After Dark. Yeah, how did he get so knowledgeable about all the paranormal stuff and and come to to believe what he believes and knows what he knows and ideas for how he got his show started? Oh, just everything you've ever wanted to know. But if you want to listen to Bob's interview... What well, do they have to do? I mean, you're going to want to listen to Bob. I mean, of course you do. Uh, you're going to have to go to ghostlypodcast.com and click on Patreon in the menu bar. And that'll take you there. And there's several different tiers that you can choose from going from $1 to $10. Absolutely. So they're they're affordable. Uh, we wanted to make sure to give you enough value for your dollar. Absolutely. And um, one of the things that we're going to be talking to Bob about, too, is going to be about Bob as a professional wrestler. What? No Spoiler way, alert. way, way. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I'm very excited for this story. I am too. I am too. <laughs> We're going to learn all about his life before Bob after dark too. So yeah, I'm super excited. And um, maybe he's going to, you know, let us know what's going on in his world. Now. Absolutely. Yeah. A lot of fun stuff coming up this year. All right. So in today's episode, uh, we're going to talk uh, about um, some of the recent listener comments uh, from our entity episode. Yes. And then we're going to, uh, as Pat said, bring up some paranormal news. And then it's going to be time for our second Ghostly X interview with, well, me. Yeah, you. Me. 
you're on the you're on the hot spot. Um, I definitely felt like that. Yeah. So <laughs> no, you did fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. Um, All right. Well, you guys ready for some comments? I mean, I feel like I'm ready. You're ready. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm gonna start with uh, one of our listeners, Brian, who voted no. Uh, about the entity house he said i just don't see the evidence it is all hearsay wow i mean so, that's part of paranormal you ha- it's, it's believing people when they say they experience what they experience so i you know in this case i guess it wasn't convincing yeah i mean i want more than just what people are saying i, want, <laughs> I don't I know what some, it is i, I don't know what proof. you need but you'll maybe know someday it, we'll you'll find know it, it when it's there uh-huh uh so then I'm going to talk about Dennis. Uh, Dennis said, I think the dysfunction of the family coupled with the lack of instances since they left shows there is another thing going on. Ooh, not very specific on what the other thing is, but Yeah, I something. mean, that is definitely something that you were saying too, right? Is that you think that, um, you know, you think that her with all of her problems and stuff that was maybe causing these things to happen. Well, that's true. I do think sometimes that kind of bad energy can bring in kind of poltergeisty activity. But he's coming at it from a skeptic, though. He is. So he's more like what you said, which is maybe there was a little bit more about what was happening between the family members. Yeah, you know, I I said that, and the more I think of it, the more true it seems like it could be, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. To me, there were a lot of instances. It's just, you know, we don't have time to... Go through each one of them. But. Yeah, absolutely. All right. And I've got uh, Shayla. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> she says, Rebecca, don't hate me, but I have to go with Pat on this one. Shayla, I do not hate you. It's okay. Why are you rolling your eyes so Am much? Am I maybe that? disappointed? That's possible. <laughs> but, you know, it's okay. Oh, come on. <laughs> Shayla, you're you're welcome to be a skeptic at any time. Anytime. I, I, I appreciate it. Uh, I have a rather long one from Nicole. Okay. Uh, which I remember reading this, and I remember it is uh, a really good comment. Too. Okay, let's hear it. Uh, I immediately thought that something wasn't right from the beginning. Miss Bither has four children. It sounds like, like a... Like a math problem. Miss <laughs> Bither has four <laughs> children. One <laughs> of them stayed home from school. The they other... each had four apples. <laughs> and they... Okay, so Miss Bithers has four children and mostly very little to no parental support. Okay. Uh, it was almost like a snowball, just getting worse and worse. I thought maybe this entity, and she put that in quotes, Mm -hmm. could be a manifestation of past traumas. Uh Perhaps her her child was conceived without consent. Perhaps it it happened several times. And then Pat made the comment that it might have been the children, and that blew my mind. Oh, I see why you like this comment (laughs) now. It might have been the older one with the threat of being taken away from the younger ones would have would have compi- um, complied then. Uh, like she said, it followed her family. Ultimately, it's just a sad story, and I hope some generational curses have been broken. Now, I would absolutely agree with that, no matter what. I mean, again, whether it was paranormal things because of the trauma or just the trauma, uh, 
that those generational uh, things stay with us. And so I agree. I hope that at least some of the, the kids have been able to to move past it. Yeah, absolutely. And I always, um, although I don't believe, I do take in their feelings into account. And that to me is the real story, is how, how they feel. You know, it's not necessarily if the ghost is real, but how did that make you feel? And that right there is like, you know, yeah, I really hope that they got some peace. Yeah. So I'm uh, I'm all about the feels. Okay. <laughs> Just not believing. I understand. I, I don't I don't have to believe to empathize with them. Okay. Uh, I all right. Uh, we have Audra. Okay. So finally, a yes vote here. Um, mm-hmm. Although Pat makes a valid argument that the investigators were perhaps not as professional in the 70s as they are today, they probably did not completely fabricate the entire story. At least some of it is likely true. Yes, Audra, yes. That is exactly, exactly, exactly. All right. Calm down there a little bit. Yes. Jeez. I feel uh, this. You know, you you raise a interesting point that... Um, some of it was fab- might have been fabricated, but that doesn't mean it all is. But to me, if you fabricate one part of it, that means that everything is sus. Okay, but I mean, you know. Sorry, that's just the way I It's not an all or nothing situation all the time. Yeah, but if you're willing to lie about that, how do I know you're not lying about everything else? So, mm. All right, I have another Brian. Okay, another Brian. Um, this one sided with you, Rebecca. All right. I am not sure if it was a haunted building or more of a haunted person. Mayhaps it was her. I like the mayhaps. I like the mayhaps. Um, Most poltergeist activity is centered around females. And with her mental issues and alcoholism, perhaps her energy manifested that. Yeah, I I mean, I'm, you know, poltergeist activity centered around females, I mean, I suppose, potentially, especially I know, like, you know, young um, teen girls that is very true uh but anyways yes that is my thought is that it was her and what her energy was bringing that was bringing the poltergeist activity yeah i agree uh you know what i've known a lot of drunks in my day uh-huh they don't always have poltergeisted that are, that is very true no it is them. not a guarantee no so don't go out there start drinking just so you can get a poltergeist that's true don't definitely don't do that yes Drink because you want to and drink responsibly if you do. <laughs> and as, if you're of age. Right, yes. That's my legal disclaimer. In this <laughs> all right, I have one more, and this is from Kim, who also sided with me. Uh, with all the negativity in the home, with her drinking and the abuse, I feel this opened the door for an oppression. I like that word. Mm, yeah. Therefore, it is possible these entities were demonic and therefore left with her when she moved. That is why there's not a haunting after they left. Yeah, I mean... I definitely hear that, and I just don't think that there was enough evidence for me to say that there was any kind of spirit activity, let alone a demonic spirit. Yeah, demonic, that's going That's going deep. So it's the one stage before possession. Yeah, So that's pretty extreme. Yeah. Well, thank you, everybody who left comments. We really appreciate it. We hope that you keep them coming. And if you want to keep hearing what uh, your fellow listeners are saying, definitely subscribe to Ghostly X. Yeah, I, I hope you all do. I mean, 
we're having a lot of fun doing it, and I hope you're having fun listening to it. Absolutely. All right. Well, it is time for some ghostly news. All right. You want me to go first? Yes, you go first. All right. So I found a very interesting article. Um, it was, it's more of like a blog post, but let me see if I can find out where it was actually posted to. Um, Newsweek, it looks like. If I had to say one place, it would be Newsweek for okay. this one. Uh, it is from a person named Aaron Ignatz. Okay. Ignatz. I might be saying that totally wrong. I am horrible with names, people, so I am sorry. Uh, this person said, I'm a ghost hunter, and I've had 100 paranormal encounters. Wow. Now, both of my stories today have a believer aspect that also talk about skeptics. Oh, interesting. Okay. So that's where my tie-in is here. All right. Uh, now, Aaron was, it's very interesting. Aaron did not get into the paranormal until they moved to Chicago. Aha. And more specifically, they took a trip during middle school to Gettysburg. Oh, okay. Not at that, all in Chicago. I was just going to say, I wait, know, it what? It surprised me too. <laughs> Uh, but was, Gettysburg, that's not surprising. If you haven't listened to our Gettysburg episode. Definitely. So um, this was when Aaron was 14 years old and uh, had its had their first paranormal. I, I think this is a, a gentleman. I'm not sure. So I'm just going to say had their. Yes. Had their first paranormal experience. And it was at Gettysburg. And they had this experience where they were standing on the on one of the battlefields and they looked over uh, towards the trees in the distance and there they thought that they were seeing reenactors. But this was on a Tuesday afternoon. Not typical for reenactors, you know, to be out there. They have day jobs. And yeah, most of them do. Uh, and, you know, they saw them get into position like they were going to attack and then they would disappear. And then it replayed that same thing over and over again. Wow. And yeah, Aaron uh, asked uh, their mother if they had seen that. And their mother said, yes, but then asked father and sister and they had not. Oh, wow. So then they went and they, um, then they talked to like the caretaker or whatever of the area and they said there was no reenactors. Wow. So that's when they believe it. And they had a really good teacher in um, high school that mixed the paranormal in with history. Oh, interesting. So, <laughs> I'm not sure if most would approve of that. But No, no. And that's what they say in there, too. But this, you know, that, that really worked for them. Oh, okay. So, uh, and then they just kept going on and on. And um, so all in all, Aaron says that, they visited. Oh, Aaron is a female, so oh, I okay. apologize. All right. uh, Aaron said that she has been to a th um, a thousand different paranormal investigations over twenty years. Wow! Which to me, that's like fifty places a year. Yeah, that's a lot. That is a lot. And, and let's think think of the patience for that now. Because does it say that she's had a hundred or over a hundred? It says. Um, Said I've, I'm a ghost hunter. I've had 100 paranormal encounters. I think in there that she does say around. Okay, because what I'm thinking is if you've gone to a thousand different sites and you've had a hundred sightings, yeah. that's like 10 percent. 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly. One out of ten times. So you got to have persistence if you're a paranormal investigator. Yeah. And uh, she did I say just that did she... math, everybody. I don't yeah. know if I did it right, but I think I did. <laughs> and she said that maybe it was because we started with that math problem during the comments. Oh, right, right. Um, she said that she's been to uh, Waverly Hills, too. So uh-huh. that was another thing. A lot of our episodes, she's been in. She, she's gotten a lot of equipment and stuff to do these investigations and uh, it was during the pandemic that she decided that she was going to start putting this stuff online. I believe she is writing or wrote a book um, about it. And also, the very last paragraph, I'm going to read this to you. Okay. Uh, I, I would want skeptics to understand that I get why they are skeptical, but I would ask them to try opening their mind a little bit. Do a little reading and see how you feel after that. <laughs> I've taken skeptics out with me to places I believe to be really active with paranormal energy, and they leave saying, oh, my God. That is everyone's, all of our paranormal investigator friends who, again, we're going to get on this show, guys. (laughs) Uh, Every single one of them, that is their dream, is to take Pat somewhere and have Pat go, oh, my God. Yeah, really. It's all real. And so many people thought they were getting close. <laughs> like when we were at uh, the Roth House, yes. when Neil came running to you and oh, said- Oh, he was like, he saw something, he saw something. <laughs> and then he was like, but he's already explaining it away. And he was so mad. <laughs> oh, Neil, I'm sorry. I, I, mean, I mean, but you all know why I'm the way that I am. I said that in the last Ghostly Acts. And I, I'm sorry, nothing has changed my point of view on that. At this point, I'm not okay. saying that it can't so be. So far. Um, but yeah, so um, Aaron has a website. It is hauntingsaroundamerica.com. All right. Well, All we'll, one word. Well, we will definitely have uh, some show notes up yeah. for this one so you guys can see um, see the story. And yeah, so go there and click on the link. and uh, Check out her stuff. Really, she's got a nice blog going on there. and. I like how she separates the stories, too, um, by, you know, places and stuff. Uh, her last one was actually at, the, um, at the, the prison where Dillinger was. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, the, the Benton County Jail. Which, in Fowler, Indiana. I think um, Bob has been there. Bob has been there, so maybe we will ask him about that. Yeah, well, what I'm thinking is this might be somebody... We should look into. Yeah, it All could right. be. It could be someone that one of one of our people know. There you go. Very right. exciting. Well, that's you know, I I found that art article and I thought it was very interesting. So yeah, definitely. All right. Well, I've got one. Uh, this is actually one that was shared by a listener on Ghostly Society. Oh, great! So if you are not on Facebook and on Ghostly Society, I strongly encourage you. To do that, I know Facebook is kind of uncool now. All the cool kids are on the Instagram, but you know what? We get to have a fun social group on Facebook, so please uh, check check out Ghostly Society there. Um, so this is a story. It says Amazon is selling a quote ghost detecting stone that turns red if a ghost is nearby oh i'm sure that this is real absolutely this Mm -hmm. is a story on uh, lifeshared.com i think it's based on a bustle article um and it's uh jisha joseph uh this was published earlier this month um so basically there is this little like almost looks like a 
It's like a plastic necklace with a little glowy thing on the inside. Mm-hmm. And it's Bakhtin Rashiki. Um, you know, again, pronunciation, not sure, totally sure. It's Japanese. Um, the company is called Solid Alliance. And um, it is a color changing device that can allegedly alert you if a supernatural presence is around you. Mm. So they... Uh, a press release is that the the first model of this was released in Japan in 2005, um, but they've updated it a lot over the years, and they've sold sold quite a few. Um, so here it is: if the device turns green, this means that there's nothing weird around you. Like green means go, you're all good. If it turns blue, an angel is said to be near. If it's oh. red, you are to assume that it is a ghost in the area. Now, if it's blue-green, so existing between the green and the blue lights, um, and yellow, which is covered, uh, which is said to cover the space between green and red, um, so those are two other colors it could go. I guess maybe it's like a spirit that's in between. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They don't really say. I guess, um, but you can do a search mode where it like as like a manual mode. So like if you're somewhere and you want it to like search around you um, or you can do um, an automatic search mode where it's just like all the time doing the searching. Mm. There's also a barrier mode allegedly meant to protect the carrier from spirits. So there's even a protection mode. Um, And so it's said to get its powers from a ring shaped uh, cracked quartz piece wrapped around the device battery. Okay. And you can get this on Amazon right now for the low, low, low price of $28. Do you know how many reviews it's had? Um, it's a four-star rating. Four-star rating? How yep. many reviews, though? Um, so, well, I just wanted to read really quick. This is like the top review. Oh, okay. And then, uh, and then we'll... we'll uh, so, I don't know how... I don't know any better way to put this without sounding a bit crazy, but it does work. I'm a very spiritual person, but I'm also very skeptical. That said, I have used various forms of divination uh, and have been studying and debunking paranormal instances and learning various belief systems for over a decade. The only reason I even bought this was because a friend sent me an article from Bustle and I thought it was funny and cheap. But I love Japan with their lore of spirits. The day it came in, I decided to run some tests. I don't expect anyone to believe this, but if you're someone who has learned your spirits, guides, and is energy intuitive and well-versed, I started asking questions to trigger responses that would adhere to how this thing operates. Uh, long story short, it does work. Then they go into more detail. Well, she sounds like no skeptic I've ever heard before. Yeah. I, that that's... is studying these things and is right. into spirit guides and <laughs> doesn't sound like a skeptic, but. So, um, it, so yeah. So if we, oh, wait, I'm so sorry. I'm just looking now. It says currently unavailable. Uh, I, think I was going to say you should buy one. I know the article. I think maybe because these articles came out, they, they must have sold out. Oh. Um, 26 ratings. Oh, that's not that many. But okay. You know, it's something. Yeah. Um, but there are, I will say some of the reviews, the negative reviews say that theirs didn't have a crystal in it. Oh. So I I don't know. Wow. Okay. But anyways, so keep an eye out. Yeah, well they should just go to their local crystal store, pick up a crystal, throw it in there, you know. That's true, you can make your own. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> you got mm-hmm. another one for but us? I I just want to know, do you do you buy into this? Uh, I think I I just I can't imagine this working. This does not seem if this was if this was real. I think they're they'd be 
I don't know. I mean, would I buy one if it was available? I would just to see. Yeah. You know, but, but what I. If, what about if the person that like gets it is colorblind? Well, then this is not the detector for you. <laughs> this is not the droids you're looking for? Exactly. Okay. So yeah, I do have another one. Uh, this one was really interesting to me because I never really thought about this. I mean, although I felt like I went through it as a kid myself. Okay. But I never thought of other kids and how they might feel. So the article is called How Children Who Believe They Have Psychic Abilities Say Their Lives Are Impacted by Their Gifts. Ooh. So yeah, it's a really interesting art article. Uh, let me start by reading the first paragraph. Okay. Okay. Ethan Edmondson and Kendall Pekrat, Pekrat, Pekrick. <laughs> it's one Pekrick. of those. Okay. <laughs> May seem like two average kids to any ob- anyone observing. They both play, go to school, and spend time with their families, but they both also have something a little different about them. The children, both 11, have what they call psychic abilities. Oh. So, yeah, it's it's a really interesting ar- article. Where is this uh, published? Uh, this is published, um, let me find out, Offbeat. Okay. Uh, Offbeat published it. Um, so, what what's really interesting is Ethan, the boy... Um, seems to have been bullied mm. by the skeptics. Oh, was he on Psychic Kids or anything? No, that's something I was going to get to in okay. a little bit. So he was bullied by the skeptics. And Kendall um, just felt like it was too much for her. And she just, both of them withdrew. Sure, understandable. And like stopped doing their activities mm-hmm. and stuff. So, um, which they were both very active until then. Um, so... So skepticism to the supernatural or paranormal is not a new concept. This is what they say. <laughs> but neither is acceptance of and belief in such abilities. So yeah, that's, that's, that's so interesting. It does have the skeptic side in it that they're saying that we're bad people. And you know what, skeptics? <laughs> I'm going to say, please, let's not bully the believers. Let's talk Especially to them. Especially not if they're children. Yeah. I mean, that's ridiculous. So... um they both have slightly different abilities. Kendall is more of a medium, and she goes on um, psychic investigations, or uh, excuse me, paranormal investigations, and um, she's able to pick up on stuff, she wow. says. So uh, that's really, yeah, that's really I- interesting. And both of them, um, to better try to hone in and understand their abilities, both Ethan and Kendall's families independently Decided to, con- and they're both on the East Coast. Okay. One's in Philadelphia, or one's in Pennsylvania, and one's in Maryland. Okay. Um, but they both decided independently to um, contact the team behind A&E's Psychic Kids. And both Kendall and Ethan say they came out of the show with a better understanding of their gifts. I am sure that they do. Um, um, yeah, so it... Um, they both still believe that they have gifts mm-hmm. to this day, and um, very, very interesting. Uh, and it made me feel bad for them because when I was a kid, you know, I after my dad died when I was thirteen, I really felt that I could talk to him. Yeah. So I felt like I had some of this ability, and I, 
I didn't feel like I was bullied, but I felt like kids thought I was weird because of it. Mm, I mean, I didn't go around like talking to my dad and ever, you know, like any moments they would see it, but just, I don't know, conversations that I had. They did, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's my second one. Wow. Well, Chip Coffee, one of my favorite psychic investigators, is the one who works, uh, uh, hosts that show. Oh, okay. And he's, he's great. Um, and, uh, I know they work hard to help those kids. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So one more article for us today. Uh, this is definitely very different. <laughs> um, just, I thought, interesting. So this is about, uh, this is in the New York Times in the art and design section okay. um, by Karen Rosenberg. And it is about an artist named Carla Knight. And for Carla Knight, paranormal is normal. That's the title. Because her last name is Knight. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, you kind of have to be a paranormal investigator. Well, no, right? it's it's night like a like a knight of the old realm or whatever. Oh, okay, yeah, but but still, yes. Um, and it's interesting. She is um, an artist that basically uses the paranormal as her inspiration. So when you look at her art, it looks like an alien. It almost looks kind of UFO ish a lot of times, mm-hmm. like an alien language, or like she has like her own way of like like language that she uses. Um, and uh, so, yeah, she's got like all this paranormal stuff. Um, and what w- they did an interview with her and basically it says that she came from a family with strong supernatural um, and interplanetary interests. Um, her grandfather was a transcendentalist oh. <laughs> um, who would hold seances. Nice. Um, and her father wrote books on UFOs. Mm. Um, and, this was the craziest thing. So she's like, so she talks about her grandfather and her father. And then she says on Easter or Thanksgiving, we would have seances in which we would use the Ouija board. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Paranormal was normal Seems for like us. Seems like a thing to do. Right? I mean, yeah. why not? Thanksgiving, we finished the turkey. Let's get the Ouija board out. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was very inspired by a Swedish pioneer of early 20th century abstraction, Hilma Afklint. Uh, I think I've heard of before, um, but she was in, this was, uh, the show was called The Spiritual and Art in 1987 in Chicago. Of course, the Chicago Just Connection. blew my mind. Yeah. Always got to have that. So, um, no, her stuff is really, it's just really cool. So, yeah. I, like I said, I'll definitely put this article in the show notes. And um, and make sure you scroll kind of all the way down because there's a picture of her working on it. And, you know, it's like when you look at a, uh, you know, just like a, a a picture in a in an article, it looks small because yeah. it's small. But when you see her in real life with it, you realize just how huge these pieces uh. are that she's making. Uh, and so I just thought that was kind of interesting that we have this artist who's you know, yeah, uh, someone who is very into the paranormal and inspired by that, and just makes this this art that is um, also very paranormal looking. Well, I mean, I would say that I'm an artist and I was inspired by the paranormal too. So they should do an article about me. I see, I see. Because my art is ghostly. (laughs) All right. Well, Rebecca, I think you've stalled enough. I think it's time. Hey, we we don't we have more articles? Come on. No, we do not, Rebecca. It's time for the interview. It's time to find out all about our believer. Aw, well. I'm excited. I hope you guys like it. I, I, 
you know, there's a lot in there. Um, there's, you know, always so much that you want to say. And I don't even know if I got a chance to say it all um, in there. But, um, you know, I my life has definitely become one where I want to help people. And um, and I, I hope that this interview helps people. Well, I'm I'm pretty sure it's going to. All right, here we go. Hey, Rebecca, uh, the tables have turned <laughs> and now you are on the other side. <laughs> yes, that is true. And uh, so you know, I've gotten to know you over the last few years and I, you know, I know you as more than just Rebecca from Ghostly, but a lot of people just know you as that. And I want to show them who you are better. <laughs> well, I'd like to learn myself. So <laughs> I'm excited to explore my shallow psyche. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, before we begin, though. Okay. Do you agree that this is no holds barred? You can ask me anything you'd like. I do not promise to answer everything as you would like me to. But I just want an answer. <laughs> yes, you can ask me whatever you okay. like. Okay, because that's what we, I think we need to ask all of our guests that before this, because this Ooh. is a different kind of interview. All right. This it's is not, Ghostly X. Yeah, I mean, most of the time you're talking about a specific story, a specific event, and this is you talking about you. Yes, it's it's uh, it's, it's weird. <laughs> it's weird. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, why don't you start us off and tell us a little bit about your childhood? Uh, all right. Well, I, you know what, as much as, you know, sure, I had a little bit of difficulties in that my parents got divorced. Okay. How old were you when they got divorced? Uh, I think I was eight when they officially divorced, but okay. I was three when my father moved out. Oh, wow. So that's so, five years. Yeah. That's a, so like to me, basically I would say three, you know, okay. um, and it's to the point where for me, like the concept of having two parents in a house is weird. Like I yeah. can't like, I mean, my dad, I was very, again, very lucky. He did not like leave, leave, you know, he stayed in the area. Sure. He came over for his visitation. We went to his place every yeah. other weekend, all of the things that were supposed to happen. Um, but, you know, regular everyday life was not with like two parents. So okay. I, that's not like a thing that I can talk about. But I grew up on a cul-de-sac, mm. which if you don't know, right, it's like a street that has houses all around. I legitimately <laughs> didn't know that for the longest time. So um, so it's like a, I don't know, like a circle at the bottom. It's like a like a test tube or something with a circle with like the ball at the bottom. I don't know how to describe <laughs> it. But anyways, look it up if you don't know. But uh, anyways, and we were... Uh, we were so lucky because our neighbors were all really, really nice and mm. everybody had kids that were their 
close to their age. I had two friends on either side of me that were just a year younger than me. And my brother had like four kids that were, they were all the same age. And we had older kids and some younger kids. And we would just play outside. Like that is, it's so funny. Like my, I'm still friends with a lot of them. And we talk about how like, yes, I'm sure that I we did do other things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like my memory is being outside and playing with all the kids in the neighborhood. Like that was... Not playing video games all day. I'm not saying we didn't have video games because we did have video games. But for the most part, you know, it was a lot of... uh, A lot of kick the can and bloody murder. Loved Mm. bloody murder. Even as a kid. (laughs) That didn't scare me at all. (laughs) Whoa. You love bloody murder. I did. I love... We played board games too. I love Clue and all that good stuff. So um, yeah, I... You know, I... I mean, I'm not saying, again, not to say that there weren't difficulties and I'm sure we can, you know, talk about different things. But for the most part, like I had a very good childhood. It's it's hard to, you know, complain. I was very okay. lucky. I want to I wanna look at some of these things. So um, I know you said that, you know, that you were like three years old, but you must have like when when your parents separated and stuff but you must have felt something i my brain feels like it has a memory of him leaving like that day okay like i don't it's not like um because i was three so it's not like i have a vivid step by step by step memory but like i have an impression of like people being upset and you know, like, like like what people? What are we talking about? Oh, here? so um, so my mother and mm. my my I have an older brother and that plays the music for Ghostly. That plays the music for yeah, Ghostly. He's a very um, good musician. But uh, but uh, you know, and and my dad, you know, and that that was the family. And I, I, I just, I guess, I just have like a memory of that. Be you know, but I don't even know for sure if it was that day. Like I, you know what I mean? It could have been some other day where he was here and then he left, and I was just really sad that he was leaving. Like I. It's you know I it was three, <laughs> so I sure. don't have a vivid memory of that. But I think you still need to acknowledge that, you know, this was an event that could have caused a lot of stress and could have caused a lot of heartache for the people around you. And you being three years old, you would feel that too. Oh know? yeah, absolutely. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. So. I mean, I think in some ways, you know, I was just lucky because I. It's like I didn't have a lot of memories of what it would be like Mm -hmm. for everyone to be around together. So I didn't miss it. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, again, not that there weren't, you know, I mean, anyone that's has divorced parents at any point in your life, you sometimes, you know, parents divorce at any time, you know, all the difficulties that go with that as far as, you know, family functions and who to invite to what and, you know, yeah. and the playing against each other and all of the things that, sure. that happen with that. But there was no part of me that was like, oh, man, like, I wish I wish we could all live together. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't have that. That wasn't a, it's never been I've, I've always been just again, it was it just was fine. It was just what it was. Sure. Well, you just fa- get used to that. Your father is a doctor, right? Mm hmm. And he was probably out of the house a lot, I'm imagining. Yeah, I think that's that's very true. Yeah, he probably wasn't so, home a lot anyways. And Yeah, I mean, for all the right reasons, right? But, uh, yeah, yeah, right. But, <laughs> but still, I mean, yeah. he was a young doctor. 
Uh, he was delivering he, babies. He right? was. I was just gonna say he was a family. He's a family practice physician, and he um, uh, doesn't deliver babies anymore. Hasn't for a long time, but did uh, for for yeah. most of my uh, growing up. I think it wasn't until maybe I was out of college or something that he stopped. But um, so there was always a oh. Got a delivery. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was pretty pretty constant. So in the middle of whatever you're doing, it's like, oh, I got to go do this. Yeah, and, and that's and actually to this day, again, since he still practices, if he's on call, like we yeah. just all know, there's going to be times where he's going to have to take a phone call, and we're just going to have to pause. Sure, sure. For a little bit while he does that. Sure. Um, you get you pick up a lot of medical knowledge. Yeah. Gonna be honest, there are absolutely been times where I've either ha- like had people around me that have had medical things, go- nothing serious. I mm. mean, I would not millionaires <laughs> give advice about anything serious, but like, you know, had medical things going on, or I've had medical things going on, and it's like, oh yeah, I remember overhearing Dad talk about mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever this is, and you know, like, okay, this is what you do for that. So, do you ever have any like aspirations of becoming a doctor? No, I mean, no, I, I don't think so. I mean, I had like the the doctor kit that, you know, like like a play doctor kit when you were a kid. Yeah. Um, and I did like that, but um, I never really did. He wanted me to be a pharmacist. Oh, yeah, because he's also a pharmacist. Because he's right? also a pharmacist yeah. and always wanted to, 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 do, to do that or he like wanted to do that at some point in his life. And I think he just thought, you know, I mean, it's a good field to go into i mean i if you know you can everybody needs medicine everybody needs medicine and uh i mean obviously i know you work at you know some of these chain stores it's there's some some definite downsides to that but you know he thought it'd be fun to own your own store and be the pharmacist and Mm. i could set my own hours better and all all the things And, and i thought that sounded great uh, until I took chemistry. <laughs> and then I realized... You didn't have that brain. That huh? was not going to happen. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so okay. So um, let's talk a little bit more more about the neighborhood friends. You wanna, sure. You want to tell the poop story? The poop story? The writing on the... <gasps> oh, no, I, do, I don't want to tell that story, oh, but I will tell the story... Without names. Without names. Okay. Yes. Protect the innocent. Protect the innocent. So, uh, like, it wasn't Rebecca. It was it was Barreca <laughs> that did it all. Right. <laughs> no, I. This was. I mean, for the most part, I was a very very good kid that followed the rules. Uh, I don't know. It's a weird story to tell. It's just it's a kid story. But, um, so. Uh, my friend, my next door neighbor and I, you know, we were really good friends, still are. We always say we're the, each other's oldest friends because we, I mean, I was, you know, what, a year old when she was born. Well, so. let's give this friend an imaginary name. Uh, okay, we'll call her Katie. Katie, okay. Katie. Yes, so Katie and I, uh, you know, hung out a lot. Well, there was uh, a neighbor on the, the other side of us um, who was younger mm-hmm. than we were by quite a bit. Uh, we'll call her... Um, Julia. 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 Okay. Julia. Okay. There we go. So, um, Katie and I would often be forced to babysit. 
Julia or like not really babysit because I mean we weren't really babysitting age but it was kind of like well you're all playing outside just make sure you keep an eye on her sure you know and you know she'd follow us to the pool and she'd you know we have a pool in our neighborhood that we could walk to and um you know we'd be playing and so we, a lot of times we'd incorporate her with the games but we started coming up with <laughs> like fake names for things we wanted to play so she wouldn't know what they were and mm. wouldn't want to play with us because <laughs> they would sound boring or whatever like and, give us an example. One of these I, you know, so I'm just trying. I'm so Katie would be the better person to tell you some of those fake names. I honestly, sure. I'm so sorry. My memory is horrible. Um, but anyway, so so we you know we were not always very nice to her. That's that's where that story is going. Um, and so at one point, she just had really bugged us a lot for like the pa- like the week before, just constantly. And so for some reason, we were outside playing. Uh, Julia was not there. It was just Katie and I. And um, <laughs> so I don't, I, I'm not going to say whose idea it was because I don't remember, but I will take my fair share of criticism for it. We decided to write Julia is a poo on their is house. Wow. On their house. Home on like, the outside wall of like their graffiti. Yes, like graffiti. Wow. I, like spray paint. What, no, no, no. With? We write. We wrote it with something that we thought was going to be like not. It was not going to last. So I think it was deodorant or or spray like mm. shaving. Not shaving cream, but it was like something that like would be there and we could see it, but no one else could see it. Ah, okay. Right, like because we're again we're bad kids, but not that bad. Mm. So we did this and we could totally see it, mm-hmm. but you couldn't really see it unless you knew to look for it. And mm-hmm. like maybe the light was exactly right. Now we figured that it would wash away after like the next rain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was there until the house was painted again. Oh my God. Years wow. later. And we never told them i think we have told wow. her now that we're older but um yeah so that was that was bad rebecca mm. it's, it's <laughs> that was as bad as i as i get i, I honestly i it's never as bad I, as you get yeah wow. pretty much i i really never <laughs> got in too much trouble i was the good kid Do you still think she's a poo no of course not no she's an excellent excellent woman do you ever because you still live in your childhood home Right. Yes, I did move back. Um, I uh, and this is something I'm sure we'll get more into yeah. later. Um, but I was forced to move out of my home in the city mm-hmm. and needed a place to live like immediately. Um, and so I moved back home, and I was kind of in the middle of a career change, which I'm sure we'll get to as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it just kind of made sense to stay here for a little while, and then. I just stayed. Um, and to be honest, I, I live with my mother and she is um, not in the best of health. Mm-hmm. So I've ended up kind of having to stay and take care of her. And, um, you know, I mean, I love the neighborhood and it's a great home. So I, you know, can't complain. I mean, I do miss living in the city, but um, but I'm, I'm happy that I'm able to care for her. Sure. You ever look at the house and see the poo story or anything? Uh, no, I, you know, I used to, but it's yeah. been a long time. <laughs> okay. Um, so your neighborhood was pretty close, right? You guys yep. would, um, like, tell me about like the Christmas stuff that you guys oh, would do. Oh yeah. So we would always, I mean, everybody would decorate and, 
you know, we would um, all Christmas Eve um, put out luminaries. If you What's a luminary? luminary is a candle in a paper bag with uh, sand in it to kind of hold the candle. That sounds dangerous. It's really not. It's actually <laughs> fun when they burn. Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> but it's really, really pretty. Um, some of us still do it. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, uh, we would always um, exchange Christmas presents with each other on Christmas Eve. And when I was very young, there was a time where somehow the neighbors got together and hired, I didn't know this until later, like a local teenager or something to play Santa. And so I just remember, I think my cousin was here too, for some reason. And like Santa came to our, our street Wow, and we like went out, and he had so presents met, for every. Met I met Santa, and Whoa. we got presents, and it was really cool. Wow, yeah. Uh, now there was also like in the middle of the cul-de-sac. You said that they used to put a tree there. Oh yeah, I don't remember that so well, but I've been told that that oh, okay. they used to put up a big Christmas tree. I do remember Katie and outside. I were outside playing one day, and in the snow, um, and one of our neighbors, an older neighbor. All of a sudden, we look over, and he's making the biggest snowball you've ever seen. Like, I don't Whoa. mean like snowball is not really the right right word for it. Like, it's more like a snow boulder, Ooh. like huge. Like wow. he just kept going. We were like, "How big is he going to make that? And why?" Like, there wasn't any purpose to it. It didn't seem. And so all of a sudden, he like stops and he comes over to us and he's like, "Okay, you guys can have this to play with if you want." And we were like, okay, thanks. Hmm. And so we decided, and and he probably helped us with this, to roll it into the middle of the court and make a snowman. So we made the two smaller snowballs to put on top. And then um, Katie's dad uh, helped us get, you know, the uh, carrot nose and charcoal eyes and all of that and the best part was that when the snow plows came they went around it (laughs) so yeah so it stayed up for a long long time wow throughout the winter yeah it was pretty cool 10 years it stayed yeah for 10 years (laughs) again i i wish i had more dramatic stories but um i had a very very fun childhood in a lot of ways so far yeah um okay so um what about like church Oh, yeah. So we, yeah, I suppose we should uh, get into religion. So, yeah, I grew up, uh, I was raised Lutheran mm-hmm. for sure. Um, that was always uh, where we went. It's funny, my my father was raised Catholic and my mother was raised Lutheran. And when they got married, you know, they actually had to get married in the Catholic church because, mm-hmm. you know, his family just wouldn't have, wouldn't have gone well if they hadn't. But um, she decided that she wanted to maybe convert to Catholicism okay. like okay maybe this you know hey that way our kids can be raised in the same religion mm-hmm. and all that and two different priests <laughs> she went to two different priests and went through like a whole like series of conversations with them and both of them at the end were like yeah I think you should just stay Lutheran like it's just <laughs> like you are very Lutheran mm-hmm. and you should just stay that wow. basically like no we won't have you wow. I mean not in a mean way like but in but, a like but they still got married in the Catholic Church yeah so. mm-hmm. wow That's, yeah wow because I mean usually to get married in the Catholic Church you have to convert I think they maybe had changed that okay. rule whatever and again she had these conversations I it, probably with the priest of that 
parish, sure. I'm guessing. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so for me, though, uh, church was always there. I remember being in the like, you know, preschool playroom during mm-hmm. service. I remember going to Sunday school. Um, I did, you know, for us, um, communion is a little bit older than in um, the Catholic church. So it's like fifth grade. And then I did confirmation, um, which is eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, we were there probably at least once a week, probably most of the time, multiple times a week, because my family, at least my mom, my brother and I are very musical people. Sure. Uh, obviously my brother a bit more than mm-hmm. the, uh, the rest of us. Well, actually my mom is pretty musical too. And so we were always in choir or they were in bell choir. Um, you know, we were just always doing the you music. Mean like all the people ringing the bells mm-hmm. together? Oh, yeah. wow, that's cool. Yeah, I never did that, but they, they did. And uh, so- we were always there probably at least like once a week for the uh, like rehearsal for choir mm. or whatever. And then, you know, for church itself. So, um, so I spent a lot of time in that church that, that church itself feels very much like home to me. I mean, as I remember it, like yeah. I, I really, I, I've gone in there a few times as, uh, as an adult, uh, older adult and, you know, they've changed a lot, but the actual sanctuary is very, very similar. Um, and so it always will feel very home like to me. Sure. Um, yeah. Absolutely. I, I understand that. Yeah. Like my church felt like it was home too. Yeah. Cause I just, you know, it's like I had friends there and we spent a ton of time there. We did sleepovers mm-hmm. at the church, yeah. you know, um, uh, all of that. And, and it was a, it was a very important place for me, but that it did change a lot because the pastor, that I had growing up, who everybody just loved, um, they moved oh. uh, when I was, I think, in probably fifth grade, sixth grade, something like that. And so, mm. I mean, now I'm going to say, so Pastor Finson, um, he's passed away uh, since then. But so you could say his name. I can say his name. We'll oh, give yeah. him a name. No, because he was an excellent man. Mm-hmm. Like he was, he was amazing. And like, like a couple memories I have of him. Um, one, I remember, uh, I went to him and I asked him the question that I had the one religion question that I ever think I really asked <laughs> anyone was how did it only take seven days for mm. God to create the world? And he said, well, we don't know how long a day was yeah. for them. And, and that was enough. I was good. Like that, that answered it for me. I felt Okay. Um, with that, I mean, we can go into my older stuff, you know, in a little bit. But at the time, this was probably fourth grade, fifth grade, something like that. That was good for me. Um, but the other thing was, every summer, uh, we would do a camp out. Oh, cool. local, like not far, like but tents, we, like and, tents stuff. and stuff oh, okay, cool. in a forest preserve nearby. And Pastor Vincent told the best ghost stories. Oh, I wish we could have got him on Ghostly. Oh my, no, you've no, all the classics that yeah. you have ever heard, the hook, uh, you know, on the car. It's all in the hook. <laughs> all of those. I remember though, he told us a story about a creature that, you know, was like in the window and this person, like every time they would close their eyes and reopen them, the thing was closer. Mm terrified me to my core loved every second 
every second of it. And I absolutely will credit a big part of me liking scary stories and creepy things to hearing him, the, my, my pastor telling us terrifying ghost stories wow. on our camp house. So was that like your first experience with ghost stories, would you say? Um, I don't know. I think, I, I mean, I don't, maybe, you know, I know that I've, oh, I was always drawn to that. You know, I mean, I, I liked, you know, listen, I liked reading books that were kind of scary. Like I remember mm-hmm. the dollhouse murders was this book I read mm-hmm. <laughs> as a kid, the dollhouse, the murders. dollhouse murders. And it had Ken like, murdered Barbie. Uh, or maybe Barbie murdered Ken. Well, here's the thing. Spoiler alert, by the way, guys. spoiler alert. It was basically like this, something bad had happened to this family and like, like a generation before. Mm-hmm. And this young girl comes to live with her grandmother and Basically, the doll the the dollhouse is like a real ver- or is like a lookalike version of the the family in the house. Mm-hmm. Anyways, the dolls, the ghost of the dead girl or whatever, is making them reenact oh. what happened wow. to her. And then the real people are reenacting it. Then, well, I mean. It was just a. It was a ghost trying to trying okay. to to speak to let them know like this is mm. what really happened because the grandmother blamed herself and she shouldn't have really blamed herself because it wasn't her fault. She thought so they it were, was. She was letting it be known. Letting it be known. Happened. This is what actually happened. And there was murder. And there was murder involved. And I was like, you know, eight. Wow. <laughs> and I loved everything <laughs> about it. So you definitely have the spooky side going. Yes. From an early age. Then. Yes. Definitely. Um. Okay. So. You, growing up, you were Lutheran. Mm-hmm. What would you consider yourself now? Now I consider myself more agnostic. agnostic like if I was going to okay. pick a religion, I think Lutheran's a, a decent thing for it. I mean, it's we weren't the even or the. There's different branches of Lutheranism, and I now my brain, you know, I can't remember what the other one is, but the branch that I'm in is pretty open. Okay. You know what I mean? Like like the pastors that came after Pastor Finson left was a married couple. Oh, okay. Now, they were not the nicest people. Oh. And I, <laughs> I had to, uh, to speak back to them a few times. But, um, uh, but still, we were very open when it comes to that. And I just, like I, you know, there wasn't confession and there wasn't a whole lot of like, you're made to feel like you're a horrible human mm. just because you made a mistake or things like that. It was a very positive church I for see. me. So um, so, so now, like I said, I, I definitely would f- consider myself more agnostic. I do find myself in moments of stress or trouble or worry um, talking to God. Okay. You know, that is, um, that is still there. Like in those, like, like I can tell you in like a regular day moment, like, well, I don't know. I doubt I'm not sure. And whatever, all of that stuff. But when cards on the table, it's that moment, Mm. that's who I talk to. And, um, hope is listening to me and, and hope is help guiding. Um, you know, I don't know if I would, you know, I'm not someone that feels the need to go to church and I don't necessarily always feel the need to follow, you know, kind of Christian doctrine always, um, you know, but um, but I do find comfort in it uh, mm. and um, it's still there for me, even though I don't necessarily go to 
church every Sunday kind of thing. So then if you're agnostic, um, but you say that you sometimes still talk to God, so do you believe that there's a higher power? Yes. Okay. Again, so I don't know for sure. That's a little different than agnostic, though. Well, but. no, not really. I mean, I guess I'll say I believe there's something. Mm-hmm. Again, I might call it God. I understand that it might not be like a one-person thing. Okay. It could be more of a universe thing. I mm-hmm. don't know. That's mm-hmm. just the name that I give it. But um, I do feel like there are there's things out there that we don't understand. And I, I, to me, I know a lot of people would say agnostic is wishy-washy, and I suppose that's true. But um, for me, it's about just accepting that I don't know everything, mm-hmm. but that I believe... I believe that there absolutely could be something. I mean, this is going to, I guess we're, it's kind of, I don't know, well, of how early we are in the talk, but I will say that um, part of it is that I can't imagine nothing. Okay. Like that is something that I just, I can't, like that, I, I and maybe, so maybe it's just what I need to do for my own comfort, mm-hmm. you know, but um I can't imagine just not being here and not having not 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 having thoughts and and my my spirit my soul so um I don't you know there's just this part of me that's like no that's not the case like there's there's going to be something I don't know sure. exactly what it is <laughs> but there's going to be something So since you're agnostic though I mean there are some other questions I need to ask Okay one of them being, do you believe in like a predetermined destiny? Hmm. Like, like, well, well, of course that's going to happen because that's the way that it was supposed to happen. Not most of the time. Not I mean, I time. do think that there are times when things happen that can be pretty serendipitous. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I don't think like our whole life is already planned for us. Okay. You know, ahead of time. And what are your thoughts of the afterlife then? So when you die, what what happens to you? I don't know. Nobody I mean, knows. I, you know, I nobody mean, knows, what are, right? What are your thoughts? I mean, my hope is that you go somewhere and you're with. I mean, my not just my hope. I mean, you know, part of my belief is that you go and you be you're with your loved ones, people that have already passed, and I don't mm. know exactly what form that takes, sure. but um, I do believe that. The, the spirits of those who I've lost are 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 there mm-hmm. um you know we I've had some bad experiences with mediums okay before but I've also had one very good one okay well let's talk about them so tell us about the bad and tell us about the good so bad ones um are have been generic and actually, I'm going to be honest, the same person who gave me a good rating <laughs> mm-hmm. also gave me a very bad rating okay. when I went back um, because it was late in the day and you could tell she was in a hurry and mm-hmm. just wanted to get things done and get out of there. And not that she gave me some good life advice, but it wasn't based in in any thing that she was sensing or seeing around me. Hey, do you remember anything that was said in any of these? That you care to? <laughs> well, uh, in the bad one, she told me that um, I wasn't going to, that. The, or, well, 
I'll say this, this, this part, we'll see. She said that the person I was meant to be with was out there, mm-hmm. that he just was, he wasn't ready, mm-hmm. but that I needed to get ready for him. Okay. And that, um, that basically uh, I should go on a diet. And then she tried to sell me on <laughs> her diet plan or whatever mm. it was that she had going on. So again, it started promising, but it didn't end very promising. Okay. What about the good? <laughs> so the good one, um, I actually still kept the notes from that one. I have them upstairs. Um, I probably should have looked at them before I came down, but, um, but she, she very much, um, felt like she had she talked to uh, my grandmother who had passed um and and was this uh, like you knew your grandmother mm-hmm. okay yeah this was my my grandma rivers mm-hmm. my grandma ella who uh, I was very, very close to growing up. I was close so to both my grandmother. My dad's mother. Okay. I was close to both my grandmothers, mm-hmm. but my uh, my mom's mom lived longer and um I don't know when I, 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 again, I spent time with her and I have very, very good memories of her. I don't have, you know, bad memories, but, but my grandma Rivers, she was like, she, she just, she'd rather hang out with the kids than with the adults. So she mm-hmm. included my cousin and I, I have a cousin who's the same age as me. And, um, you know, we just, we just hung out with her constantly and she told us stories and, you know, just cooked with us and performed sketches with us and played our wow. weird games that we would play with. I mean, just, she, she was, a play- she was fantastic. Yeah. Taught, uh, just taught, taught me how to chew gum, how to blow Whoa. bubbles. I shouldn't say chew gum. Show me how to blow bubbles. Um, yeah. I mean, if you don't know how to chew gum, chew gum that's, that's pretty bad. <laughs> Open your mouth, close your mouth. <laughs> Do that over and over again. You're yeah. chewing. There you yeah. go. Yay. No, she taught me how to blow bubbles. She wow. taught me how to whistle. Um, I remember when I learned to, like the concept of counting. This mm. poor woman listened to me count to like 500 on the phone. I don't mm. even know. <laughs> oh, grandma. Oh, so grandma. Great. Seriously. Yeah. But um, anyway, so she came through and... Uh, and it felt, it felt very real, um, Mm. to me. Uh, and she just, you know, she had a lot of, um, knowledge of things that, I mean, I, I worked, I was very, very careful in my mind to not answer questions and not give her Mm -hmm. information. And, um, you know, I get a lot of it is not about me, so it's, it's about other people. Um, so it's not necessarily information, um, that I want to share, but but one thing that she said uh, that I didn't understand at the time, and now I do, was that she saw me um, as a nurse, mm. and I was not. I'm not. I was not a nurse. I am not a nurse. I didn't have any plans of being a nurse. And she was like, I don't know. She's like, that's that's what I. That's what's coming to me. Well, as I mentioned, I take care of. My mother and yeah. I absolutely often feel like a nurse. Wow. So, so yeah. maybe there was a little something to that. Yeah. I, you know, she, again, she, it was just, it was a good day um, for that. So, you know, I don't know. I, I guess that's, yeah, I, I have hope that there's a higher power or something out there that is there anything is that us. made you not be Lutheran anymore? Or was it just a, it probably, I mean, it wasn't like a conscious decision or anything, just 
Well, a part of it was just growing apart, but the other part was that couple. Okay. As I mentioned, they were not cool. Um, like to me personally, they just they would treat us like we were kids, even though we were we were. I mean, we were fourteen. Whoa. I mean, come on. No longer kids. Right. No, like I just remember being like, "Why are you having us make things out of popsicle sticks?" Yeah. You know, it was like, "Come on." Yeah. Like now, I'd give anything to just sit and you make things out of popsicle sticks. Friendship bracelets and not popsicle <laughs> stick things. But uh, no, they actually. Yeah. But but there was a lot of complaints uh, about them yeah. in the church. Like they didn't treat the secretaries very kindly and mm. and just bad things. And it was funny. So I had kind of grown apart from the church through throughout high school. You know, I was there because I was in choir. Without mm. choir, I don't know that I would have you know, gone as much as I did. But um, once I got to college, you know, I didn't really go. But I remember I came back because they had a special meeting to fire them. <laughs> like, that's how bad it got. Wow. I mean, I don't have you ever heard of a church firing their pastor? Um, usually it's behind closed doors. Right. And stuff. It's usually not like a whole group. No, this was like hive mind. The whole know, congregation, kind of like yeah. basically voting. I think it had already kind of been decided by the council, but there was just this meeting about it. Anyways, the so the whole time, just the few people that were in the congregation that liked them. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be honest; it's the older people. Um, they were they kept standing up and being like, "This is a disgrace," and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Like you know, how horrible is this? And it's me. So I decide I have to say something. <laughs> so mm. I stand up. In and front again, of the whole congregation. The whole congregation. <laughs> I stand up. And I was like, you know, I went through confirmation with, you know, X number of, you know, students. And, you know, very, there's only two of us here today. And, you know, it's all it's it's a lot to do with you know, this couple and, you know, how, how they treat us. And I don't know. I, I don't even remember the other complaints. I'm going to be honest. I didn't care. Like it didn't mm-hmm. matter. It wasn't, it didn't really matter to me, but I just bothered me that no one else was speaking up. And since I didn't really care what people thought um, of me, <laughs> I felt like Wait, I could so say you something. you got them fired from their job. Uh, no, no. I think that was going to happen. Again, the majority of people, you have no idea. For years, years after this, Rebecca I would- was just pointing at me when she said that. That's how serious I would, she is about this. Uh, um, I would get, I got, I got letters from people mm-hmm. in that church. When I would see them, like mm-hmm. on the street or something, they'd be like, thank you. Thank you so much for speaking up and telling the Thank truth. Thank you for getting that family fired. And <laughs> I don't know. They didn't have kids. They're, they're, there was no yeah, they're kids. homeless now, but it's, <laughs> but it's so much better. Oh, I'm sure they just moved into another church. Probably, it was fine. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it was just one of those things. Like, I couldn't, I was like, oh, okay. Like, I don't, again, like, whatever. Sure. But, like, they were, you know, hey, I, I guess it touched people. So, there you go. All right. Now... I know that there's a couple of nights that we can't record ghostly on. And these are nights that you and your friends watch horror films? Uh, yes, yes. I have a couple of uh, friends that uh, we are horror movie... Aficionados. Aficionados, lovers, whatever you want to say. And I would I don't even know how many years it's been, but we at one point decided uh, every year we would do a horror fest oh. where we go to my one friend's house and uh, we basically watch horror movies all weekend. 
Wow. Like How, we, how's that been with the pandemic though? Uh, been difficult, right? Okay. So we so we decided we could watch with a Netflix party. Oh, okay, cool. And some Zoom uh, that we could still watch movies. So now instead of just watching like six a year, I mean, we would go to the movies too, yeah. obviously, and see horror movies. But uh, instead of doing that, every like every other week-ish, wow. we get together online and one, you know, we take turns who picks the movie. I love horror movies, good, bad, and ugly. <laughs> to me, they are all good because they are either good and scary or they're bad and funny. Okay. And so it doesn't matter. They're always good. I mean, if it's a if it's a bad one, we will just riff tracks that, uh, you know, make comments throughout. Mm. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Super Top three fun. horror movies. Ooh, 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 that's so tricky. Oh my gosh, you're going to make me pick. Well, I will always pick Nightmare on Elm Street. Like okay. that is my series. That is my yeah. like to the heart series. Freddy's coming for you. Because Freddy's coming for you. So I will always, always, always say that. Um, you know, I will, I'm, you know, man. I, now another one for me, and this is an old one, I'm, but I'm picking it because it's childhood for me. When I was turning eight years old, people, mm -hmm. eight, I convinced my mother to rent Watcher in the Woods, which is, a Disney movie. So wow. she just knew it was a Disney movie. Wait, just for you? No, no, no. For my slumber party. Oh, Because okay. I was having a slumber party. I always had slumber parties for my birthday once I got, you know, older. Uh, and uh, we rented Watcher in the Woods. Terrifying. I have to say, I watched it as an adult. Still pretty terrifying. Wow. Yeah, it, it's really good. Um, so I, I would say that that one is up there. <sighs> This is hard. Again, there are so many good movies. Just the first one that comes to your uh, well, mind. Well, there's a several that come to my mind, but I'm going to pick, I'm actually going to pick Scream. Scream, okay. Because All I, of them or just the first one? Well, we'll just say the first one, though okay. I haven't disliked them. I mean, the third one was, you know, was okay. Um, but I like Scream because it's very meta. Yeah. Oh, it's kind of like... Okay, Cabin in the Woods. If you haven't seen Cabin in the Woods, you need to see Cabin mm. in the Woods. Um, that one is also very meta. Like, again, if you are a horror movie fan, you will appreciate the jokes in this movie. Oh, Evil Dead. I mean, if you haven't seen Evil right. Dead. Well, we're at like nine I now, know. So. It's going to be like, you can't ask me this question <laughs> because it's difficult. But well, I will just say Nightmare on Elm Street is my top one. I've had the pleasure of watching some horror films with you because of ghostly mm -hmm. and i have to say that you react <laughs> in such a way <laughs> you scream yes you jump yes you are like very much like to the point where i have to be like rebecca it's not real and then i have to say i know <laughs> but i get to i like to live in the moment that's we we it's cathartic yeah right horror movies are cathartic they let you Get all that anxiety out and in a also, safe way. You will not watch an animal getting hurt on any movie. No. Whenever you see a dog at the beginning of the movie, if the family has a dog, yeah. things aren't going to end well for that dog. It's really rare. <laughs> in horror movies. In maybe. horror movies. Yeah. yeah. I think in most movies, but yeah, definitely in horror movies. Mm. All right. So- that's how you got into horror then. Oh, yeah. And then, I mean, man, you know, I would have these kids. Again, I had I had friends that liked horror movies. 
But most of them were not necessarily horror movie fans. Mm. When you're a kid, you know, you invite people to your party that aren't necessarily like, you know, they, I mean, I, I was always friends, friendly with them later they on. they like your best friends. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and I made them watch like Children of the Corn. Wow. And we were like across from a cornfield. What did, what did your mom think about you guys screaming and stuff? Yeah, I would always tell her, like, just so you know, we're going to be watching a horror movie. <laughs> so if you hear screaming, it's okay. Now, do you still tell her that? Yes. When you're doing your just in case. movie night? So she, she knows not wow. to worry if she hears screaming. All right. Um, well, okay. This is going to go away from that a little bit. I okay. Maybe, maybe not. I don't, I know. don't know. So, okay. So you went to all of your schooling in the same town, right? Yes. And then now college, right? Yes. I did go so to college. How did, okay. So did you go immediately from high school into college? I did. I did. Okay. You know, it was always growing up, it was like, there's no other option for you. Like mm -hmm. that's the path. Because both my parents went to college. Yeah. I mean, they both started at community college and, you know, had to work full time while going to school. Mm -hmm. All of the things that, you know, um, boomers got to, to do. They could work enough and make enough money for school. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. um, But no, they, they worked really hard, you know. And uh, and so for, for me then it was like there's no other like, you know, that's. There's no uh, other thing other than you go to college. So you um, went to community college then? No, no, no. I oh, went okay. to private school. Oh. Again, very lucky. I have a father that's a doctor. So again, I can't complain about my life. I can't. I mean, <laughs> I'm not saying that I haven't had tragic things happen to me, but on, uh, you know, overall, I, I can't complain at all. So um, I knew that I wanted to go. Well, at first I thought I wanted to go to like a big school out in the middle of nowhere. I wanted the quad, you know, all, all, all the stuff. And so that's what I was looking at. And then my, my older brother had gone to school in the city, uh, into, in Chicago. Wait, what's a quad though? Oh, I'm sorry. So like in any college movie, there's like a, an area of grass where like they're playing frisbee okay yeah yeah that's the quad it's like surrounded by buildings I remember that from back to school yeah exactly Rodney Dangerfield. right yeah. so it's not the football field it's just like a, a place where people sit and they talk and they hang out and they throw the frisbee you know it's like that idyllic picture in your mind do they actually do that there i mean some of that okay. but yeah All right. so but that's what i had in my mind so i looked at these big schools and both of my parents wanted me to go to school in iowa because they went to school in iowa mm -hmm. and i was always like if i was so great why don't we live in iowa so mm. no desire to and you know what if we want to talk about providence which again i don't think that this is but we were supposed to go look at schools in iowa and iowa flooded and literally like the, all of Iowa. Yeah. And mm -hmm. uh, no, it did. There was like these big storms and my mom called the Iowa state police and they were like, please do not come to our state. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like everything is so bad. Your mom's not welcome in the state. Even. Right. She wasn't welcome in Catholicism. She's not <laughs> no. welcome in Iowa anymore. Nope. <laughs> so, uh, which was fine with me. Uh, uh -huh. anyway, so my brother had gone to school, um, in Chicago, and he said, I think "You could say the name of the school." Okay, he went to school at DePaul and DePaul University, University yeah. and he's like, "I think you should come check it out. I think you would really like it." Which is weird, because that he would want me to go to the same school. I'm, I'm just, you know, I mean, he's five years older than me, and I, we're very close now. Love him, love him, love him to death. Always looked up to him, but we weren't necessarily like siblings that hung out because, mm -hmm. again, just 
too big of an age difference. Um, but anyway, so I, I went to to see the school and I fell in love with it because it had a quad and yet it was quad. in the city. Oh, yeah. So it was like I'm, I get to be in the city and do all the city things, but there's also a grassy knoll <laughs> mm. space that I can hang out on. So I get the best of everything. So did you commute from home to DePaul? Or? No, I actually lived on campus. You lived on campus? Yeah, because we were in the dorms. Yeah, I mean, I could have commuted, but it, we really are a little bit far away uh, where where I grew up to, to easily commute um there that would that would anyway so nope i got to to live on campus and again very lucky um and again i was lucky because my brother you know he was just graduating or about going to be graduating um he changed majors so it took him a little bit longer um to to graduate but uh he basically knew all the dorms so he was like not this one not this one this is a new one so this is number one this is number two and i, I and he was like just like told me what to do it was just like make sure mm. you go <laughs> go on go on this day or you know sent you know whatever i i don't think we had online stuff quite yet i mean the internet existed but i, I don't remember but i had to submit it on a certain day and he knew i knew exactly which dorms to pick even though i didn't really know and you know never steered me wrong so mm. well that's really good yeah no it was super fun so what was your major then um i majored in business business yep. okay and uh, I never questioned that for some reason. I, I guess here's my thing. I always wanted to be a teacher, mm-hmm. but I didn't feel like I was ready to be a teacher when I graduated high school. Okay. Like there wasn't, you know, it was just like, nah, I don't really want to do this. This is not, I'm not ready, um, for that. I don't know why, but that was just what my, my head told me. So I decided to go to school for business and specifically human resources. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and Paul had a good program for that. And actually what was really nice is that we got to take business classes downtown. They actually had a downtown campus. Oh. So I got to be in the city. So for those that don't know, DePaul University is on the north side of Chicago. It is. And that is not downtown, no. even though as a south sider, I always saw them as being the same thing. Yeah, no, not at all. So, <laughs> so you had to travel. You had to commute. I had from, to commute downtown from your dorm. From my dorm, mm-hmm. and then you had to go downtown. Yeah, wow. I would. I would take classes on both campuses, but yeah, I, I had fun. But I still uh, was in choir. I still sang, uh, even just as a not not a music major, but I still was in their community choir oh, essentially. Nice. So so okay. So you you. Got your degree. Got my degree. Um, I bachelor's degree. Mm-hmm. I okay. partied a lot. <laughs> partied a lot. <laughs> I I, college, I was very straight laced in in high school and never did anything. And then when I got to college, it was like, what? Was and, that when you went over to Europe too? Yes, I did get a chance to study abroad. Okay. Um, in England when I was a junior, uh, and that was. A life-changing experience. Now, do you leave all your stuff in the dorm then, or do you... No, no. I Actually, at that point, I was living in an apartment. It okay. was a campus apartment. It was owned by the university, but it was an apartment. And I had lived there. I lived there the year before, um, and then I just... I, I just... I didn't... I wanted to live there because I only needed a place for like one quarter, which was like three months. Mm-hmm. So I just moved back in for one 
little one little sem- not a semester a quarter and then uh no i moved all my stuff out back home wow went to england for two quarters a semester and then uh moved to a different apartment the next year okay Wow, that had to be difficult, moving all your stuff back and forth all over the I place. I got so used to moving. I moved every year for, uh, I don't even know how many years. Yeah, a okay. lot of years. <laughs> you got used to it. So you got your bachelor's degree. Did you go right into the workforce then? Yes. Yes, I okay. did. Mm. Um, yeah, I got. I, I had a, an internship when I was a senior, um, which if you are younger and you're in college i encourage you to do to do that if possible um but i uh was lucky because i had some of that experience now my first job out of college was quite horrible okay most people's are i would imagine oh i would imagine but this was so i so i worked there for just a few months i think i started in what june and i quit by august Mm -hmm. uh and basically you know how sometimes you're like, people are talking and... Talking about people? No, you think they're talking about you. Oh, okay. And then your mind says, no, that's stupid. Of course, they're not talking. Why would they be talking about me? Why would they be in all in the same room without me with the door closed and talking about me? Like, that's crazy. Um, And then... One day, my boss, who I did not like, um, obviously, but I didn't, I don't know, I thought she was okay. But then she called me in and basically told me everything that was wrong with me. Okay. And not with my work. Oh. With me as a human. Hmm. And it was one of those things where I tried to ask, like, well, can you give me an example of when I, you know, didn't complete a project on time or didn't you know, do what I was supposed to do. And she never could. All she could tell me about was that I just was not, not the right personality. And I remember she asked me what my Myers-Briggs score was, which is a personality test. um, If anyone's ever taken that and things like, are you an extrovert, an introvert, things like that. Mm -hmm. And when I told her what I was, she was like, oh, you're a hippie. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, oh, are you a hippie? I don't think so. I mean, mm. I guess I have some tendencies, but not really. Mm. Uh, anyways, so yeah, so that was uh, that was the first time in my life I ever got a migraine. Oh, um, I remember just being so upset, um, and then you know talking to my mom, and she just told me, you know, hey, you've worked a lot of jobs, and no one's ever you know, so I had anything bad to say. So now, at this time you're still living in Chicago. I'm right? still living in Chicago. Absolutely. Okay. Yep. So, uh, I do, uh, but anyway, luckily this was, again, I, I, you know, things are, things are, are better now, but for a long time, I know they weren't, I graduated at a time when they were handing out jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was not hard for me to find another one. It, you know, took, took me, you know, a couple months, not even. So you stayed um, in HR then? Stayed in HR. Turns out, though, that boss, while she wasn't right about me being a bad person, she was right that I did not have the personality <laughs> to work <laughs> in HR, though. Uh, I, you know, the thing about HR is that you kind of have to be the police officer. You know, you don't really even get to decide the rules. You just have to enforce the rules. And yeah. I am not a rule enforcer at all in any way. Uh, I It broke my heart. Um, a lot. And so I, I did realize after 
um, after a number of years that I, I had to get out of it. Well, so it broke your heart because you're a hippie. There you go. Yep. I guess hippie, that's true. Hippies can't be HR people. That's I don't true. Think. I think that's true. So I, mm-hmm. uh, after it took me a while to get my gumption, uh, as an old fashioned word, um, get myself up to going back to school. Oh, you went back to school. Okay. But I did go back to school after you go back to school like 10 for? years. Um, I went back to school to be a teacher. For a teacher. Now, yep. did you have to start over again or did some of those credits? No, a lot of the credits carried over. Okay. So, in fact, what they encouraged me to do was get my master's in education. Master's, wow. So, I did have to take some undergraduate classes mm-hmm. in English because that's English teacher. That's mm-hmm. what I was studying for. And uh, so, I had some extra classes to take, but, it, you know, I didn't have to, like, redo my bachelor's or anything. Well, that was good. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was good. So, and is this back at DePaul? This was back at DePaul because... I don't know. (laughs) I don't know other. It's it's silly. I know. But, uh, you know, they accepted the most credits, you know, because it was from them. So that's the big part of it here. You know, it didn't go the way I planned. (laughs) Unfortunately, you know, this is where, you know, life, um, you know, like you can really, really wish for something and really want it and know that you would be great at it. And that doesn't mean it's going to happen. Okay. Explain. And it took me a long time to accept that. And I actually, I don't even know if I totally have yet. So I, I really wanted to be a teacher. I really mm-hmm. wanted to do that. And, you know, I had been a, a trainer, uh, a trainer for HR software for a while. So I, I taught, you know, it wasn't really teaching, teaching, but it was, it was teaching and I mm-hmm. love being in front of the classroom. Um, and so when I went to do my student teaching, it was great. I loved it. Those education classes were easy, easy A's for me. I mean, I just, I, I like talking in, in front of people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like teaching. Um, I, you know, I want to teach high school and I, I went and I did my student teaching and my, my two, I had two cooperating teachers that were, you know, kind of helping me out where I was taking over their classes and they both love me and I love the classes and I love the students and I had so much fun and, um, it just uh, turned, they had actually some open positions for the next year, but the person who was um, the chair of the department just didn't believe in hiring student teachers. Mm-hmm. So there were several of us um, and she didn't even interview any of us. So it didn't work out. Okay. And no matter how many jobs I interviewed for, never could get hired as a teacher. Well, how did you become the professor? <laughs> so... Which is a name I gave to you. Yes. When I was <laughs> so I started substitute teaching mm-hmm. to make some money uh, and also tutoring. And so I was kind of squeaking, squeaking by. Um, and then a friend of mine, her wonderful, wonderful, wonderful stepdad, who we lost a few years ago, um, was like, hey, well, you have a master's, right? So you could teach at the community college. Now, wait, you have... You have a master's in education at this moment. Yeah, in education, secondary English. So okay. not really what you would typically <laughs> say, but it, it it works. It works well enough to teach not English, but humanities. Okay. Which is a little different. Uh, you kind of teach just like an overview of art and theater mm-hmm. and, and literature and just kind of all together. Uh, but honestly, I don't think I would have been hired without him. You know, he mm. was a big name in the department. Uh, but here's the thing. I had always, like in my heart of heart of hearts, 
wanted to teach at a community college. Oh, really? Like, oh. When I said I wanted to be a teacher, mm-hmm. that is what I wanted to teach. And that was why I didn't think I was old enough to do it. Mm-hmm. And I always thought I, ha- I would do that when I got older, which was dumb. I should have, again, if you want to do something, talk to people that do that career. Learn a little bit about it because you might learn some things that would be helpful. Um, so uh, so I was very lucky. He got me hired to do that um, part-time. Okay. And eventually I did go back and take a few more grad classes because I didn't have to take too many. And I was able to get my master's in English literature. Okay. So now you have a master's in education, mm-hmm. a bachelor's in business. Mm-hmm. And now you went to go get your master's in English. Yes. And and back to DePaul. And back to DePaul. Because again, it it's yeah. expensive, but it was cheaper because I didn't have to take as many classes. Because I tried to go to other schools and they just wouldn't take the credits. So yeah, forced me back. But um, I was so excited because I could now start teaching English, mm-hmm. which is what I wanted to do. Though I miss my humanities classes, but I, I was excited to teach English, which basically is writing, you know, a lot of composition. And so I got to the point where I could make a living working part-time at one school and part-time at another as an adjunct. Uh, adjuncts are woefully underpaid and underappreciated, and it's a very, very difficult life. And you don't really have insurance. You have no anything. insurance. You have no assurance of classes wow. between semesters. Yeah. So you one semester you can have four classes and the next one you can have zero. Exactly. Or two or whatever. And yeah. so there's no for sure. And you can't apply for unemployment. Mm. You, 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 you are not, they will not allow you to do that. It's, it's the weirdest thing. So in between, like if you have a summer and they don't have classes for you, too bad. So that's why I kept tutoring because I I needed that income as well. And again, just I'm sorry, we're going on and on about all this stuff. But basically, after eight years of adjuncting, I had to give up on that dream. Why? Because no matter how many times I applied for full-time teaching jobs or interviewed for full-time teaching jobs, I got very, very close once. Um, I was never hired and I don't think that it's because I'm not a good teacher because mm-hmm. I had a lot of people who observed me and watched me and I'm, I'm sure I'm not the best teacher, but I, I know I'm not the worst. Um, but there's just, there's too many people that want those jobs yeah. and not enough of them. I'm sure it's a lot of politics too. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I just, again, had to come to a point where I just had to realize that that wasn't going to happen Mm. and that I couldn't live in that limbo anymore of, well, maybe next year. Also, too, you would have, you would work for like six hours, Mm -hmm. but then you'd have like five hours worth of work you had to do at home. Because you had to grade and stuff. That you're right? really not paid for. No, you're not paid for that at all. No, if you calculate what you're actually getting paid per hour, it's really... It's below minimum it's wage. It's below minimum wage. Yeah, it's really sad. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yet you can't lax on the teaching, right? Because if you ever want to get hired full time, you can't be the ba- like a bad teacher. And if you want to keep teaching. So even though you don't get paid for it, you have to do it. And of course you want to do it. And as an you adjunct, help your... 
as an adjunct, you didn't have like teacher's aides or anything like that. Oh, no, 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 no. Especially if this was in DePaul and you were like a full time professor. Well, I will say DePaul, one of the reasons I like DePaul, small classes taught by the professors, no teaching aides. Oh, really? Oh, okay. So like you you pay a lot of money, but you, you know, you're in, it's a small class and you're taught by the, by the professor. Okay. So. You're still living in Chicago at this moment. I was living in Chicago up until I was about to graduate from my master's in education. Okay. And then why did you have to make this transition? So I had been living in uh, an apartment for probably a good three or four years. I finally had found a place where I I was I was happy. And I mean, my... It was a as a house owned by uh, Fitzy <laughs> was uh, was the guy that owned the house and this was his apartment upstairs. And you were this is when you were in HR then. Um, I started in HR and yeah, yeah and I started going back to school while I was living so in had, this. You were making some pretty. I was making money. some decent money. Absolutely, it was me and my two kitties, and yeah. and we we had it was a, a great place, and um and I, I loved no roommates, no nothing. no roommates. Wow, I was actually finally able to be out on rare. my own. Yeah, no, it took a few, you know, for a while I had roommates, but then I was finally able to be on my own. I even had this was like a bedroom and a half. I actually had Ooh. like a little space that um could be like a off an office. Oh. And the kitchen was big enough. I could have a like a small kitchen table in it. Wow. Oh man! I mean, again, I couldn't have asked for for a better place. I really liked it. Again, weird, weird, weird landlord, but he was fine, you know. Um. So, uh, one night, um, my cat woke me up, and I was like, you know, what's going on? And all of a sudden, I heard like yelling outside. How did they wake you up? I, they must have just been like hitting me. Oh, okay. Um, which was very as unusual. Yes, mm-hmm. they do, but not usually in the middle of the night. Okay. Like, of course, they wake me up in the morning, you know, yeah. for to get fed and because stuff. Because they're always starving. Right. Nobody but, ever feeds them. But we, we were mm-hmm. night sleepers. Like, we would sleep through the night. So, we, uh, so they got me up and I could hear yelling. And then I started to look and I could see smoke. Oh, okay. And... Where, where did you see the smoke? So I was in my my bedroom, which was kind of in the back of the house. Mm-hmm. So it was just kind of hazy. It wasn't like real thick. And again, it was... Oh, so in the room itself. In the room. It's, the yeah. Okay. But I couldn't really tell what it was until I got up out of bed yeah. and went into the kitchen and I could see more smoke. And I, you know picked up the phone and I called, you know, 911 and she was basically like, okay, you know, what do you see? You know, like walking me through this stuff. And then she's like, okay, you know, they're on their way. You need to get out of the house. Like Mm -hmm. you need to leave. And I was of course frantic trying to find my cats and I couldn't find them. And, you know, when they tell those, you know, like talk about people dying of smoke right like that's the mm-hmm. most common reason you know that people die is not really the fire um i started to feel that where mm-hmm. i was like no i can't stay here as much as i want to find my cats and get them out of here i can't i have to leave otherwise i will oh. not make it um and so again luckily the house had the fire things that you're supposed to have because i could not have left through my front door because the fire was actually on the porch. Oh, wow. You could so, see the fire? Uh, not until I was outside. Oh, okay. But 
But you knew it was there. I knew. Well, maybe I could see some flames through my window okay. in the front. Um, but that's where the, the heavy smoke was coming okay. from. So luckily I had a back door with stairs, mm-hmm. you know, so I went out. And at that point, by that point, um, my my landlord, he had married and had a kid, maybe even had two kids by then. And um, so they were running around and they were like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, you know, like whatever, freaking out. Fire people came. They were actually able to get to, you know, kind of um, stop the fire from from really doing like a ton of fire damage um, to the house. But the smoke damage was pretty and yeah. water damage was pretty considerable. Yeah, that's usually what it is. You know, I was just reading a fact that said like 30 years ago, you you would have like 17 minutes to be able to get out of a burning house. Mm. And nowadays you have three to five. Wow. And the time has gone down because the materials that they use in constructing the houses are more flammable. Oh, I thought we had gone more fireproof with our materials. No. But Uh, hmm. so had that have been, you know, a modern building, you might not have made it out of that. I don't know. I've actually always read the opposite. So. I just read that today. <laughs> That's in so fact. interesting. Not even looking up because there's not like as many fires anymore, just yeah. because things are not as flammable. Well, it was one of those Uber facts. I see. Well, I will say. I mean, now I never got any of the final story about anything, mm-hmm. but supposedly someone had set the fire on the porch. Oh, I wonder who that would have been. Well, I don't know. Mm, I'm thinking maybe someone crazy. wanted a new uh, new yeah. house that got uh, yeah built there, uh, maybe. Um, but uh, I would just say I was very upset the entire time until um, I was able to get back in the house and I found my cats just wow, fine. That's awesome. I was the only thing. That's when you realize what's important. I was like I didn't care about any of my stuff at all. I was like I just want them. Absolutely. Yeah. Here's the Uber fact. Okay, here we go. 30 years ago, you had around 17 minutes to escape a house fire. Today, you'd have about three to four minutes because newer homes and furniture burn quicker. Wow. Uber facts. Interesting. All right. I'd like a fire fire person to tell us more about that. I'm glad you were able to get your cats. I'm sure you were so worried about them until you got them. Yeah. That was literally the only thing I cared about. Yeah. Yep. And, um, but that's when I said earlier I had to move home very quickly. That was it. And I never moved back. I always thought I would. But, you know, right at that point, um, not only was I wanting to increase the number of classes I was taking so I could get done with school quicker. Um, and I was going to have to do student teaching. But then my company that I was working at was actually going out of business. They mm-hmm. had declared bankruptcy and they started laying people off and I was already working part time. So it just made sense to yeah. just to stay at home. <laughs> Take the severance package. Uh, yeah, right. Get out of there. Yeah, mm-hmm. not, not, no, not really. <laughs> no severance package. And, when you moved in, it was because out of out of your need, but then your mother started needing you. Yeah. So that's why and, I ended up um, staying. Yeah. So I know that that you like have a chair in the house that goes up and down the stairs mm-hmm. now because um, your mother's not able to move around very well. Right. So how has that been for you? It's difficult. 
Um, it's, you know, it's difficult for her to be that way. And uh, it's difficult for me to see her that way. And, you know, kind of have that added um, stress for both of us, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, and my aunt, uh, her sister is also not very well. So uh, as much as I can, I'm I'm trekking up there to see her. She's mm. like half hour away. Um, so yeah, there's it's um, it's difficult. I don't have kids, so I, I don't even know how I could hand manage oh, kids and aging parents. And I know a lot of women or people, um, you know, do all of that. Do all of that. Yeah. So I hats off to you if you wow. can do that. <laughs> so like I know your mother is a very strong person, but she is not. She's had a lot of health problems her whole entire life, too. Yes. So this is not something like just because she's gotten older. No, it's I mean. It's gotten worse, right? Right. But, I was going to say, I think, you know, it's definitely exacerbated because yeah. Yeah, of what she, you know, she has uh, had bad bone issues since she was a kid. Sure. So. Wow. Mm-hmm. So um, what would you say is like your greatest fear? Whether it could be something that people could understand or or just you i mean it, it could be something that people wouldn't even get <laughs> i you know it's funny for a long time the a fire was my biggest fear like was? i okay. i honestly would have that in my mind like i would think about it um before the fire like what would I do if there was a fire? Like I would do this and I would save this and do that. And of course, in the moment, you know, you really can't do any of those those things. And I'm not saying that I don't fear fire. I still do. It's still some PTSD. Well, I mean, from I, know, that. I know that you have like a fireplace. Never seen that fireplace going. Nope. I see firewood by it. No, I've started to be able to use candles. I was going to say, I've never even seen a candle lit in your place. Not typically inside. I struggle. Outside, I'm okay. I mean, I will, but it's difficult. I, I've had to really get used to that. Sure. Um, so, yeah. So, fire has always been a big thing. Um, but I am, I don't know. I guess living through one, it's not as bad. Uh, but I, I do fear like... I don't know, being trapped by like a natural disaster, mm. I guess. I mean, just kind of similar to the fire thing, but, you know, just something where... It, like a tsunami it, it, or something. <laughs> tornado yeah. or flooding. It probably won't be a tsunami that hits Chicagoland area. Let's hope so. so. Let's knock on wood. Let's hope um, not. No, let's hope not. That's you said let's saying. hope so. Oh, well, I <laughs> thought in my brain I said let's hope not. Uh, yeah, definitely. I think that's uh, that's a that's a big one. I think also... Um, you know, not, um, having, I mean, here's the thing. So we, we didn't really quite finish my, my career story. So I, I did end up finding full-time employment at one of my colleges that I was adjuncting at, um, in their career services department. Oh, and, I absolutely love my job. I still get to go in the classroom and present to students. Uh, I get to work with students one-on-one, and actually community members and alumni as well. I love working with adults. Like that's that's my jam um, to well, talk about their resumes and interview skills and career paths and, and all of that. So I, I, it's... Well, I don't know if a lot of people know what a career specialist is though. Yeah, so that's why, yeah. Okay. So working with, you know, helping you get your resume ready, gotcha. getting your interview skills, um, and also just but exploring. Not, not a career counselor. 
It's kind of that. We okay. just can't. We're not allowed to call ourselves that because otherwise we'd have they'd have to pay us more. Oh, I see. Um, but that is a lot of what we do. I mean, we don't necessarily typically meet with people multiple times, mm-hmm. but we do sometimes. We can. Um, so yeah, but people that are trying to explore what they want to do, um, I, you know, it's I, I love the variety that my job gives me. So uh, it's been it's been a good a good change. Um, so I guess part of a fear for me would be not having stable employment. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I would say I'm definitely risk averse. Wow. Okay. I am somebody that when it comes to doing something new is going to try to weigh the odds. And mm-hmm. I struggle with taking on too much risk. Sure. But I mean, when you were HR, you were probably making a lot more money than you're making yeah. currently. Yeah. Now, would you ever go back to that? No. No. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that's what I have to happier. remind myself. I mean, like, I can complain all the time about how little money I make because I make very little money. As, again, compared to what I made 15 years ago. <laughs> but I'm so much happier. Yeah. And that was a conscious choice that I made. I mean, there was a day when I worked in my old life, in my corporate life, where, you know, I just ended up crying in the bathroom. And I thought, this isn't good. <laughs> yeah, most people go to the <laughs> we bathroom need to, to figure something out. Yeah. Rebecca, right? To cry. I know. And so that was the moment where I went on a big a big career journey for myself. It actually took me quite a while to figure out what I wanted to 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 do. Um and that's why it was difficult when that dream didn't actually happen after all of that. But uh but I think it's uh led me to to a good place. Um and uh but I would be I would be very upset if um I a fear I should say is not having stability, Mm. not having income, not having, um, you know, I I guess I live so long with just kind of in the middle, you know, but that was my choice. I chose to do that. At any point I could have gone back and worked in HR. Um, but I, I I did actually did make it through that instability to, to get where I am now. All right. So I have one more thing. Okay. So I came to you with the idea for Ghostly. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to know what your initial thoughts were, and I don't want you to hold back anything. (laughs) What were your initial thoughts when I came came to you with the concept? I love the concept. Okay. From the beginning, I immediately was like, yes, this is it. This is it. This is what we, this is a great idea. This is going to be good. What about the name? I did not like the name. Do you like it now? <laughs> I do like it now. I do like okay. it. Now. I just didn't get as a ghostly, like, this is an adverb. It needs <laughs> to be describing something. Um, but of course, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, now now I get it and I love it. And yeah. uh, and it's it's a great name. But I, I did question that. Um, and the logo, in too. The what did you think of the logo for ghostly? At first, I thought it. it was kind of gross. <laughs> well, uh, you don't you don't like dots and things. I don't like dots and things. I'm one of those people that you know doesn't like the holes and skulls. Kind of creep me out a little bit uh, with the whole thing. But again, now I love it. I think it's great. <laughs> it's grown on you. It's grown on me. Um, so why so why podcasting? Why podcasting? I love listening to podcasts. I I don't know if I was a super early adopter, but I 
I have been listening to them for a while. And I, I've always, li- again, I like talking. I like telling stories. I, I like teaching. Mm-hmm. And to me, podcasting is just another way of doing that. You know, when I, my first job, uh, no, I, I call it my first job. The first job after the really horrible two-month job, <laughs> uh, my first real job uh, that I liked, um, they brought in these specialists uh, to to teach us about presenting. Mm. And they had each of us present and like teach something to other the other coworkers. Like making a peanut butter sandwich. Yeah, something. what I something. You you pick some toast. Something like that. And um then we would go you'd go one by one into the room and they would give you your feedback. And when I went in, they said, Why aren't you doing this for a living? Wow. Uh and <laughs> they're like you you know, really natural up there and and you should be you should make this your career and that that's when i you know started to go into training and then eventually to teaching but um so to me podcasting is just a a great way of being able to talk to to people and i i i i love that our show has at least a little bit of interaction cuz it's hard to mm. do this and not have an audience um you know kind of given with that little give and take of it but i i love our listener mail and the voting yeah. it it makes I such like a difference <laughs> i just you know i mean i love to to talk but i i want to hear from people too so you know a lot of big part of my job is listening so um i, I really appreciate that we have ways of interacting with our listeners hmm yeah, I um so when I first started doing some kind of podcast and stuff and I told you about it, you just seemed so interested in the idea too. Yes. That I was like, "Oh yeah, well we should do one." And then we tried. We tried to come up with ideas. Yes. And it was really difficult. I mean, every idea you can come up with for a podcast has been done. Yep. And ghostly when I first came out with that, it was like, I don't see anybody doing this. And yeah. I see that there could be a value to it. Mm-hmm. And it's only because I have a partner like you that sits next to me and we record together and we have such different ideas of the world mm-hmm. that I think that this works. Is there any kind of hidden message that you want to get out during ghostly Mm. well i i like the idea of being open okay being open to new new ideas to what might be out there in the world except ufos you're not open to that at all i'm not i'm not opposed to the concept of it uh but you know i think but also question things you know i'm not a believer that is just sometimes you know i mean i try to present the believer side because that's what our job is but i i try my best you know on our most recent episode i had a a low score yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. so if i if i see something really doesn't seem true you know i'm gonna i'm gonna say that uh so i mean i think and i just want to say because before we move too much away from that, I have always liked the idea of being a podcaster or performing, but no, I had no outlet for that. Like I had no concept of how one would even begin to do that. And I, none of my friends, no, no 
none of them were into anything like that. And meeting you and, and some of the other friends that we have who do that, who who were performers and just make it happen was just blew my mind. And at first I was just watching. And the fact that you've all let me be a part of some of those things and to do that has changed my life. You yeah, know, you've... I never in a million years would have thought that I could get up on stage and act or have a, a podcast <laughs> or do anything like that. I, you know, it's just not a part of, of, of my universe. Um, and then uh, now it is. Well, how many sketch shows have you been in for Memoriam development, Memoriam development? Three, if you want to count Nightshade, okay. right? Four, something like that. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I, I want to say, so. I want. yeah, I think one of them a couple times, I don't know, something like that, but yeah. And you actually got up and did improv, <laughs> and you say that you didn't do it like professionally. I didn't. But you did, because this was in, in front of a paying audience. Well, they were there Your for they was doing. they were there for an open mic ish kind of night. I mean, they weren't expecting the uh, cream of the crop improvers. <laughs> How did you feel when you were up there doing the improv? It was fun. Yeah. It was fun. I, I I'm not always sure of what I'm. I'm not as quick witted as some of the improvers are. I mean, I'm not a. I can be funny. I think sometimes, but it's I don't have the same. Like when I see you and Nick talking or you know some of the other people um that uh you guys perform with it's i just i can't come back with those quips like you guys do um i suppose maybe if i practiced it more but it's not natural for me but i i do enjoy it i do have fun it, i mean it's just doing doing makes that happen mm -hmm. we're all like that in the beginning because we all have ideas going in and when things aren't going the way that you want it to go, it, it rattles you. And it's like, but this is supposed to go this way. And you have to know to listen and be engaged as a character, mm -hmm. have a motive and have an idea of something. And then it just kind of works. Mm -hmm. And you'd, you'd be there if you did it a couple more times. But Maybe. Well, um, is there anything else you want to add before... Wrapping up this really yeah. long and winding story. Uh, I think just, I, I hope that, um, that I represent the believer's side uh, well. I know that I, I am not an investigator. So I, I'm not somebody that knows a lot about paranormal and ghosts and the occult. I mean, I, I have some knowledge of these things. I'm not saying that I don't, but uh, I'm not an expert uh, in that. Mm -hmm. uh, that's why we like to have them on as guests a lot, yeah. you know, so they can help us. Um, so I, I, I guess I, I try to come as the listener, you know, as someone who is a, a believer, but they're not an expert. And I, I want to kind of represent that uh, well, point of view. And I'm not really like, this big time skeptic or anything. That's why I've had Nick on is because he's a lot more of a skeptic than I am. Whereas I give a little leeway and people wouldn't, I will no, not we know will that. not know that that is not clear. Well, Nick is coming on a future episode. <laughs> so, um, you guys will get to hear that. Um, 
but uh, I don't feel that you represent the believer people, just like I don't feel that I represent the skeptics. I believe we represent humans. And as humans, we have a story to tell. And that's what's important. Yeah, I, I but it's the, it's the, and I, I, and I, I, we don't like to make things too much teams. I mean, that's part of our thing, but, you know, um, but I, I, you know, people have different beliefs and, and different ways of looking at the world. And I think it helps us if we feel heard. And that's, I yeah. think what I like about our show is that, you know, you might disagree with one of us, but hopefully between the two of us, you find at least something that you uh, can connect with. Uh, and so you feel heard and you feel like someone is is representing um, how you feel about a situation. And some some weeks that might be me and some weeks that might be might be you. Um, I noticed how you paused before you said that might be might might be you might be you. I guess <laughs> it could happen. Uh, no, I, you know, so I, 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 I hope that I do that well. All right. Well, thank you very much for opening up to us, Rebecca. Uh, I hope you have all learned something more about Rebecca. I definitely have learned stuff about Rebecca in this interview. Um, thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, there it was. There it was. <laughs> well, I hope that y'all liked it. Thank you so much for listening to our second Ghostly X episode. Uh, you know, it, it's something that we've worked hard on putting together. So uh, again, we hope you enjoyed it. We love your feedback if you have any ideas for us. And hey, if you find any news stories, just today I, I did share a news story from a listener. So uh, we'd love it. Um, just send it to info at ghostlypodcast.com or of course on our Facebook or Instagram. And uh, if you, we'd love to encourage everybody to go vote and make those comments too. Yeah, I would love for more more comments yes. to read too. Because I find them really interesting. Whenever we get them, I, I'm always excited. Yes. So, yeah, I want to thank you for being such a good sport during that and <laughs> allowing me to ask any and all questions. You Absolutely. Were, you were hesitant sometimes, but you did it. I did it. And I'm proud. Thank you. Yeah. So if you'd like to hear more Ghostly X, definitely check out our Patreon. Yeah, so um, the Patreon uh, is up and running right now. You can go to ghostlypodcast.com, click on the menu button, and click on the Patreon link within that menu button, and it'll take you right to our Patreon page. You can subscribe. There's various different tiers you can get. Um, Ghostly X is involved in a couple of those tiers, too, so it's not just the most expensive. It's a couple of them, and uh, we would love to have you as patrons, and... Um, I want to thank everyone for supporting the show. We've had a pretty good turnout so far, and we are halfway to our goal of, you know, supporting Ghostly on its own. 
Yeah, that's really amazing. And uh, it's been great to be able to share these early episodes with everybody. We hope it gives you a taste of what you're going to get. And, you know, hey, Bob Anderson from Bob After Dark is going to be the next one. So Yeah, absolutely. We have a lot lined up. We have a lot lined up. We've got all your favorites and then we're going to go deeper. Yeah. Um, And I do want to say that if you are listening to this and you haven't listened to the House of Death episode yet. I really had a good time doing that episode. House of Death, I don't know where they got its name. Yeah. But I think you should listen to it and I think you should help us with that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, f- super fun episode. Very interesting place. Some some fun stories in there. And Mark Twain. Mark Twain. Come I mean, on. come on. So, and the next episode is coming out next week, and that's the Chicago Water Tower. And we do have some very special guests on this particular episode. One uh, is someone that you've never heard before. Yeah. Very excited for this yeah. guest. I am too. I yeah. am too. Well, thank you very much and stay fresh, cheese bags. Bye. 